0: About three years ago, when uh, Jordan and I left to go on our sabbatical, when we right before we left to go down there, the Lord gave me this scripture. I want to read it to you. Get back down here on my note. I tried to hook up my iPad because I can see it better, and then my iPad wouldn't work. So, Okay, it's the scripture in Habakkuk 3.17. It says, Though the fig tree shall not blossom. And the fruit is not on the vine, and the labor of the olive fails, and the fields yield no food. The flock is gone from the fold, and there are no herds in the stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. For Jehovah the Lord is my strength. And He will make my feet like hinds' feet. And He will make me to walk on high places. And so, what I knew the Lord was telling me in the Spirit was we're facing to go through some battles. You know, when God gives you a scripture like that, the Spirit is leading you and preparing you to get ready for a battle. And, you know, God don't send battles. But what He does is, sometimes... He will let us walk through a battle simply because it'll strengthen us. And sometimes we walk through a battle because we missed God, you know. And there's lots of different reasons that we walk through battles. But anyway, when the Lord gave me this scripture, I knew we were fixing to walk through a battle. Thank you, baby. Thank you. Thank you, little Jeremy. I've been calling him Little Jeremy since he was born. I really don't know his name half the time. He's always been Little Jeremy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when the Lord gives you a scripture by the Spirit, well, then you don't try to figure God out. You just try to follow the Spirit. You just So, uh, I just begin to, Lord, no matter how bad it gets, we're going to rejoice and we're going to praise you. I don't care what it looks like. We don't walk by fa- sight. We walk by faith. You know, Paul said, none of these things move me. Everywhere Paul went, they beat him up and threw him out. You know, most people would have quit after about the third beating, you know, and said, well, I don't think I'm in the will of God. But see, that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. We just keep on marching, even if we're getting our rear ends whooped every step of the way. And we've all been in that season of our life, when nothing seemed to work, you know, and the more we prayed and the harder we read our Bible, the worse it got, you know. Well, so when we this this year, so I, I've just been we've been standing on the scripture. So about a week or two ago, the Lord gave me this scripture, and I have to literally say, I've read this. I don't know how many times, but I've never looked at it in this light. And it's Joel two twenty one. It said, "Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice." For the Lord will do great things. Do not be afraid, beasts of the field. For the pastures of the wilderness grow green, and the tree will bear its fruit, and the fig tree and the vine will yield their strength. Be glad, you sons of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain according to righteousness, and he will cause the latter rain to come down, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. See, this is not a normal harvest. The way the harvest normally works is the early rain comes, it softens the ground, you put your seed in in the spring, it grows and in the fall, the latter rains come and ripen it, and then you take in the harvest about four or five months later. See, the, the former rain and the latter rain never come in the same month. So this is a supernatural move of God that it's going to take place all in one month. It, it's going to go from really, really bad to really, really good all in one month. And the flowers will be full of wheat, uh the vats will be overflowing with wine and oil, and I will restore to you everything that the locust has eaten. The locust larvae have eaten, the stripping locusts have eaten, and the cutting locusts have eaten. And this great army in the King James, it says, I sin against you. But what it actually says in the Hebrew is that was allowed to come against you. See, God never sends evil on us. But sometimes he allows the enemy to do things, number one, because we need to get stronger. We need to increase our faith. We need to step up and, or, or because uh, we, somewhere we have failed and we've opened the door to the enemy. And so God does never ever sin these times of bad times. But sometimes he will allow hard times to come in our life so that it can work something greater at the end. Like with Job, you know, when Job went through, he did. The Bible says at the end of his life, he was twice as blessed as he was at the beginning of his life. And he was pretty blessed at the beginning. Uh, It said, um, And you will eat in plenty, and you will be satisfied, and you will praise the name of the Lord your God. For he has dealt wonderfully with you, and my people will never be ashamed And you will know that I am in the midst of you, and that I am the Lord your God. And no one, and my else, and my people will never be ashamed. So, what? When I was looking at this, and looking back at three years ago, when the Lord said, "There's not going to be any sheep. There's not going to be any fruit. Everything is going to be barren." That was before COVID. That was before COVID. And I just realized it when I read this scripture that the Lord was showing us we were fixing to go through a terrible time of drought, a terrible time of drought. But we were to keep on worshiping and praising God no matter what. No matter what it looks like, no matter how it feels, we were to keep on praising God. But now the season has turned. The season, you just went through this, Alicia. You went through a horrible battle. And now your season has turned. You are completely cancer-free. Your season has turned. And see, the churches, our season has turned. But you know what? It doesn't make any difference because we're going to rejoice and praise God just exactly like we did when things looked bad, when you were sick as a dog from chemotherapy. You're going to praise God just exactly like you did then. Circumstances do not control how we love and worship God. Circumstances don't control how um, good or bad things are in our life. We're just going to keep on worshiping God and keep on praising God because the season is going to change. It always changes. If you're going through a hard time right now, if you just keep on worshiping and praising God, your season will change. It will change. Well, I want to talk to you tonight about Victory Church. Our season has changed. You know, when we went into COVID, we were running between three and 400 people regularly. And since COVID, we only have 200 of our people coming back regular. Only 200 are coming back on a regular basis. And so what I want to say is, and I want everybody to repeat this with me, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And so I just want to say to you, especially to those of you that may be watching online that have not been back to church since COVID, please get back in church. The gates of hell do not prevail against the church. And the church is when the body of Christ comes together All the members, arms, legs, mouth, ears, and we worship. The body worships the head. The Bible says when the body comes together and we worship the head, that Jesus comes and builds a throne in that worship. And everywhere that Jesus is and ruling in our life, there's going to be victory. And so I just want to say, the Bible says in the last days, do not forsake Assembling yourselves together, especially as you see the things that are coming. And see, there's so much negative talk in the world right now. If you let yourself listen to the news, you will stay so discouraged. You'll stay discouraged. If you listen to, I mean, if you almost any voice out there that's talking is talking bad. They're talking bad about uh, politics. They're talking bad about religion. They're talking bad about COVID. They're talking bad about everything. Don't really matter if what they're saying is true or not. That don't matter. As long as we listen to bad things, we are going to feel bad. It don't matter if what every one of those bad things that we hear saying is true. If we listen to it, we're going to feel bad. We cannot worship God And listen to bad news all day long. Because the good news. The gospel is good news. And so we have four goals in our life. It's really simple. Number one is to love God. Every day since the day we got saved. We should be learning how to love God more. Do you realize. Now these kids right here are really blessed. Because they have moms and dads. That really love them. And that. Love God. But a lot of us were raised, a lot of y'all, I really had parents that loved God and loved me. But a lot of people are raised by parents that don't really love them and don't love God. And so you learn to love by the example that was given to you by your parents. So if your parents abandoned you, or if your parents love money more than they loved you, or if your parents uh, fussed and fought and just didn't give you attention at all, then you don't really understand what love is. And the only way you will ever understand love is to go to the word of God and study Jesus. Everything he said, everything he did was love. And unless we do it just like Jesus, we aren't loving people. You can't love if you don't act like Jesus. And if we were not taught to do that as a child. Now, my parents taught me, but I didn't do it. (laughs) My problem was rebellion, not ignorance. I knew what to do. I just didn't do it. I was rebellious until I got saved. But we can't. So our number one goal is to learn how to love God. You can't do that without the word. Right, Andy? Day and night in that word. Day and night, day and night, day and night. That's the only way we'll learn how to love God. We don't go to the Word day and night to fix our problems. We go to the Word day and night to learn how to love God. Because our number one goal is to love God. Love God. And then our number two job in life, after we get saved, is to love other people. Now, it's easy to love God because He's perfect. But it's not easy to love people. I thought Jason David did the best job of that I've ever seen the other night when he told the story about the uh, Good Samaritan and how comparing the Good Samaritan was like comparing us to be told to love Hitler or to be told to love... Who was the guy that uh, blew up the towers that they killed him? What was his name? Who? Osama bin Laden. That'd be like me telling you to love Osama bin Laden. That's just not a good feeling, is it? That's not a good feeling, is it? But see, if we can't love people that we can see, Jesus said we can't love people, God, that we can't see. You have to love the Democrats. You have to love the Republicans. You have to love white, black, Mexican, Arabs. You've got to love them if you're a real Christian. We've got to learn to love people. We got to love the people who are so ugly and mean to us. You know, it's easy to love people who like us. But Jesus said only a real Christian can love their enemies, you know. And so the second thing that we do all day long after we get saved is try to learn to love people. Try to love people. And let me tell you, the devil knows if you have a hard time loving people that don't love you, guess who's going to get in your face every day? Every day, somebody that don't like you is going to get in your face if the devil knows that's your battle. So if you want to get rid of that battle, you just learn to love people. Learn to love the people who get in your face. Call you names. Manipulate you. Treat you ugly. Love them anyway. I had a woman one time that was so mad at me. Jardell made me leave the room because he thought she was going to jump on me and beat me up. He said, don't say another word. Leave the room. 'Cause I wasn't mad at her at all. I just wanted to keep on trying to help. Her. She didn't want my help. <laughs> but see, we have to love everybody. If we're the real church of Jesus Christ. And then the third thing we have to learn to do is win the lost. That's the only reason we're still on earth. We can love God and love people in heaven, but we can't win the lost in heaven. We've got to be soul winners. Every person that you meet, everywhere you go, your first thought's got to be, I wonder if they're saved. I wonder if they're saved. You kids do that? When y'all meet new people, do you wonder, I wonder if they're saved. If you could start thinking like that at your age, just think what a powerful soul winner you'd be when you get as old as I am. Everybody you meet, your first thought should be, I wonder if they're saved. And then ask the Holy Spirit to give you some way to... Twist that into the conversation. Twist that into the conversation. And then we, and when we start doing that, we'll start winning the lost. Because most winning of the lost is not done inside the church house. It's done out there in Walmart and uh, uh, in the grocery store and uh, when you go get your car worked on or when you stop at a gas station. You know, that's where uh, so winning is done. Is out in the marketplace because it's hard to get lost people to come to church, you know. Okay, and then the fourth thing that we got to do is make disciples after we get them saved. We don't just say, Oh, great, they're on their way to heaven. We got to disciple them, we got to learn to disciple people. Everybody that goes to Victory Church that you are not involved in discipling and working somewhere you're not doing that fourth step. You're just coming to church and just feeding your spirit and getting fat as a little pig and then just going home, coming back and getting a little fatter, going home, coming back and getting a little fatter. Because God's will is for us to use our life to disciple somebody. Whether it's working with the kids in the school or in the church, discipling these kids. What's working in youth? What's working the parking lot? You know? Going up to cars and, and and meeting the new people and seeing if you can get them involved. You know? You've got to be doing something to help disciple people. Because Jesus said, He said to make disciples. He said, bring everybody. Tell them about me. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And make disciples. And He was talking to every believer. And so as we come back together, you know, the COVID numbers are starting to go down. We're not going to be stuck in our cars forever. <laughs> it's really hard to be the church stuck in our cars. Because what the church is, it's us coming together as a body and serving each other. And, and the only ones that are really getting to serve us right now are these kids dancing And our ushers waiting on us and the people on the platform that are ministering to us. But all of us that are just sitting on the cars, we're not really getting to serve right now. And so we're missing the major reason that the church comes. Well, not the major reason. The major reason we come together to learn to love God. That's number one. And then we come together to love each other. And I want you to know, I have been so disappointed in the church and the world. How the church has just fought each other. Been so ugly to each other over all this mask and COVID mess. You know, It's just broke my heart to see how carnal the church has become. Instead of loving each other. If the, if the world doesn't see us loving each other inside the church, the world's sure not going to see that outside the church. And we've really failed through this battle to show our love to people that maybe think different than we do or act different than we do, you know. That's no excuse not to love somebody just because they don't. You know, there's a scripture in in the Bible where um, Jesus said, you can believe a commandment wrong and you can even teach it wrong. You'll just be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Now, I personally don't want to be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And so I really, really, really try to study the word so that I don't teach the word wrong. But if there's other people that don't believe like me, I don't feel like it's my job to uh, start a fight with them because they don't believe like I do. You know, my job is to love them. And in fact, uh, one time the disciples came to Jesus and said, there's some guys over there baptizing in your name, and we told them to come follow us, and they wouldn't come. What Jesus say? Leave them alone. Because he said, no man that can do a miracle in my name, can speak evil of me, or speak lightly of me. So people, there's other churches that's just going to do things different than the way we do them. You know? They're going to do things different. But if they love Jesus, and they're serving Jesus, and if we touch them, we're guilty. Because those are Jesus' children, just like we are. You know, the Bible says two can't walk together if they don't agree. So that's why we all come to church here, because we all agree. But there's a lot of people that don't agree with us, and that's why there's different kinds of churches all over town. But if they all walk together and they all agree and they're all preaching Jesus, you know, we should not be attacking them. We should be going after the lost. We should not be trying to put down another church. The church has got to be known as people of love and not be known, I thought my clock was going to quit. What time am I supposed to quit? Jeremy, what time am I supposed to quit? It's way past 7.30. <laughs> oh, 7.50. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I got about five minutes. Okay. We changed church time so many times here. Nobody knows what time it starts, and nobody knows what time it's over. So I apologize. Jeremy came up and told me right before we started what time to quit, but I forgot. <laughs> So I just want to say the season has changed. The season has changed. We are no longer going to have to rejoice because there's nobody there. We are no longer going to have to rejoice because the trees are not producing. God said that the harvest is coming. The sheep are coming. The trees are producing. Who are the trees? We're the trees. Producing fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, producing the fruits, healing, faith, all those things. The season has changed, and so we were rejoicing when that we couldn't see anything. But how much more can we rejoice now that this thing has turned and it, it the harvest is coming in? And I just want to say, I, when we were gone on our tobacco, I was praying, Lord. I was praying for the harvest. This is when, during COVID, when there was no harvest, you know. And the Lord said, don't pray for the harvest. Pray for laborers. I can't send you a harvest if you don't have people to bring the harvest in. So I want everybody here, I want you to start asking the Lord, what am I supposed to be doing during this abundant harvest that's coming? What am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? There's lots of things we can be doing right now, even though we're still sitting in our cars. You can start helping us call the people that have not been back in a year. That used to be faithful to this church, but just haven't set foot back, you know? You can start picking up your phone and calling people and say, I love you and I miss you. You can be a laborer in the harvest. Because there is. The season has turned. And you know, there's been several prophetic words that said, this last season that we're living in is going to be the most glorious season we've ever lived. That we're going to leave this earth in a blaze of glory. We're not going to go out of here sad and defeated and broken. We're going to go out of here in victory and we're going to take as many people out of the devil's kingdom as we can take with us. And so I just want to ask you, quit listening to bad news from anybody. You quit listening to any bad news, and you center in on rejoicing. I had about a hundred scriptures here I could have read on that Zion rejoices. Who is Zion? Zion is the church that really loves Jesus. Zion is not the church that just comes on Sunday morning. Zion is not the church that the people that just pay their tithes and come to church and do nothing else. Zion are the church people that love God. Jesus, remember in Revelations, he said, Because you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. He said, you're not really cold. You're not lost. And you're not hot and on fire. You're not Zion. You're just a regular old church member. And I'll just spit that out of my mouth because it doesn't taste good. So get on fire. Join the ranks of Zion. The church that is on fire. Rejoice. Get your good news from the Word every morning and go out rejoicing all day. Don't let bad news enter into your thoughts or into your mind in any kind of way constantly stay full of rejoicing and when the devil comes after you laugh at him today when my head was hurting so bad I was still laughing about it I said who would believe that a ball of wasp would fall on top of my head and stick me all over my head (laughs) it hurt but it was funny that the devil thought that he could stop me. You know? Laugh at the devil. Say, like, who do you think you are? Do you really? Like, Come on, give me your best shot. Come on, devil. Give me your best shot. <laughs> so I knock you down, put my foot on your neck and laugh louder. You know? we got to rise up and be the church of Jesus Christ. we got to love God with everything in us. That's number one we got to love people with that same love. That's number two. If there's anybody that you cannot get along with, you're the problem. Because if you're a real Christian, you can love everybody. Jesus, that don't mean you got to hang out with them. (laughs) There are lots of people I don't hang out with. (laughs) But I love them. And if I meet them, I'm going to always be kind to them, friendly to them, love them, you know. And then we got to win the lost, church. We have got to get on fire about winning the lost. There's a lot of lost people in our city. And then we've got to disciple them. we got to get ourselves in the church and get a job helping take care of the body of Christ. And this harvest that's coming in is going to be so spectacular. There's going to be so much joy. You know the scripture that says, Weeping may endure for no, that's not it. Oh. We go forth weeping, bearing precious seed. We have doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing in the harvest, bringing those sheaves in. And so, we got to get serious. We got to move with the Holy Spirit. We got to move, and the Holy Spirit said the season has changed. It's time to get out of those cars and get busy. Now, I'm not telling you got to come into the building because. A lot of you, I know. Um, a lot of the, I, I, we especially tell our older people don't come in the building. <laughs> Not until the numbers go down in Camden. Don't come into the building. But what I'm saying, there are things you can do. Even sitting in your car, you can help us round up. You remember Jesus left the ninety and nine and went and found the one that was lost. We got a hundred that are lost. Here in Victor Church, we have a hundred of our people that are lost. They are not coming back to the house of God after COVID. You can help us. Go get them. You can help us. So let's move with the Holy Ghost. Amen.